I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. The final horn is sounded. That'll do it. And it's time for the Mark Miller Utah Jazz postgame show with your hosts, Jake Scott and the coach, Tim Lacombe. Jazz post game, Jake Scott, coach Tim Lacombe. Jazz fall tonight at the Grizz, 117-111 to in Memphis. The last game before the All-Star break, of course, All-Star weekend right here in uh, Salt Lake City. But Coach Lacombe, man, the Jazz trailed by as many as 24 in this game, and they got it back to within one in the fourth quarter, only to come up a tad bit short. But I'll tell you what, this team has a ton of fight. We've been talking about it all year. They're going to play hard every night, and things get tight when you play hard. Well, I I totally agree with what David said. When you turn the ball over 23 times and it goes for 40 points – and you keep fighting. I mean, there's a leak in the boat, and they just keep going, right? And um, that's impressive to me. It speaks to culture. And, uh, you know, I, I think one of the questions I was asked a ton before the season started and what I was really excited to see was how will this Jazz team, who's always been, you know, one of the best cultures in the NBA, how, how will this team manage a rebuild slash – I never felt tank was in the cards, but – it's been impressive because uh, two guys tonight, Damian Jones, come in, Juan Toscano Anderson, and they play hard and they play together and um, really good things. Again, tonight, uh, THT was phenomenal. Wow. Uh, he has he? 35 assists in his last five games, so seven a game. And, you know, so guys are just doing all the little things. It's kind of fun. And I know they lost, and uh, but they pushed a very, very good team. Well, and THD had a brutal turnover down the stretch, but don't let it, uh, you know, uh, <clears throat> alter your opinion. He had a great, great game. And he, you know, we talk a lot about Colin Sexton taking advantage of his increased role, and, and Colin left uh, the game today with a hamstring injury in the first quarter, and you hope uh, that he's doing all right. But, you know, Taylor Horton-Tucker has a chance to come in and, and really play a, a big point guard role on this team, and he's taken advantage of it 15-7 and seven for him tonight. He also had seven rebounds. So uh, big-time game. The Jazz were led tonight by Kelly Olenek. Coach, 28 points, 14 rebounds, six assists for Kelly Olenek. Tonight. Nine of 16, shooting three of seven from three, seven of seven at the line. Yeah, and Key was so good. And, and take away that little first stretch, and really from everybody, um, but his five, he had five turnovers come really quickly in the game. And again, a guy who it wasn't going his way, had some kind of standout, almost embarrassing type plays early on and to fight through that and get 28 points to be plus 15 while you're out there, add 14 rebounds and six assists. I mean, that was just a great game from, 
a guy who, again, I heard through the grapevine had quite a lot of interest because of the things he does out there at the trade deadline. Jordan Clarkson tonight, 20 points on 8 of 21 shooting, 2 of 9 from 3. He had 6 assists and 9 rebounds. So not the most efficient shooting night from Jordan, but he did other things really well. And I love his grit. You know, he was so tough. A guy, again, another six turnovers, a guy with six, but played through it, um, has become much more than just a shot taker slash maker. Jazz had 23 turnovers as a team tonight, as you you and Locke both mentioned. I mean, that's just, it's amazing they were in this one with those with those Makes kind no of numbers. Um, 17 tonight for Ochai Obaji, who got the start. Seven of 12 shootings, three of eight from three at a rebound and an assist. And Walker Kessler in 33 minutes had a double-double, 10 points, 14 boards, and uh, added three blocks for the effort. Yeah, great game, I thought. Um, you know, played played really hard and, um, you know, some good things happen with some of those big guys and the passing, the interior passing is definitely really good too. Uh, for the Grizzlies, taking a look at their line tonight, they're led by Jaron Jackson who had 26 points, nine rebounds. He had five assists and four blocks. What an overall game. Uh, for Jaron Jackson, really close to that uh, AK 5 by 5 line that uh, we used to talk about, although he did put up the bagel for assists, so maybe he was a ways away from it. But nice night tonight for Jaron Jackson. Uh, Desmond Bain, 24 points on 9 of 20, shooting 2 of 7 from 3. John Morant tonight, uh, not an efficient night, Coach. 20 points, 8 of 26 shooting, 1 of 8 from 3. Did have 9 assists and 8 rebounds, but the Jazz were able to uh, do a nice job playing defense against Ja. I take a I take a W out of that for sure. I know Coach Hardy will study that film and show guys the things that worked, certainly influencing him, make him do things he doesn't want to do, and not just giving him easy free baskets in transition. Right, exactly. Which is where he. I mean, Thrives. we talked about it all during the pregame that I mean he might be uh, one of, if not the best in the league in that type of scenario and good for the jazz for, for keeping a minute. So I guess that that's my question. To you overall coaches, we wait for, for coach Hardy to go to the podium is, you know, with 23 turnovers and, and they were you know, minus two in the offensive rebound category. The Grizzlies had 107 attempts to the jazz 91. How did the, how did the jazz stay in this game? They just kept going. They just kept playing. I mean, I think so often, because we've seen the game. The game's played in spurts, and oftentimes the team will get out ahead, um, and the, you know, the team that's behind will fight back. We see it all the time in the NBA. Double-digit leads are really nothing. But when you pour on top of that that the Jazz are literally turning the ball over, and let me make sure I'm, I'm correct here, but they were turning the ball, they turned the ball over about one in every four possessions tonight. Mm. Um, and the other crazy number is that Memphis didn't turn it over. They only turned it over four times. So there's a whole nother. That's amazing. Right? That is amazing. So, yeah, I mean, so why does it, how can it happen? I think a team stays together. They're resilient through adversity. um, And they do enough of the right things over time that, you know, you may have a, a little bit of a tough spell, but you'll play through it. The Jazz made fewer threes than Memphis. The Jazz are 12 of 36. The Grizzlies. We're 14 of 40. I mean, maybe the equalizer in this game, Coach, was the, the Grizzlies just didn't shoot the ball very well. They they shot 40% from the field, so not maybe not taking advantage of uh, of the advantage the Jazz gave them. The, the only stat category the Jazz really won handily was on the total rebounds, but you can look at specifically defensive rebounds. 
Uh, they had rebounded Memphis 46 to 29. So, you know, Memphis missed a lot of shots and the Jazz did the, their job on the defensive glass. And it, like let's let's call, talk about some of these numbers. I mean, so Lennox gets 14. That's that's high for him. Kessler gets 14. That's, you know, right in his wheelhouse. Clarkson gets 9. I mean, absolutely awesome that Clarkson gets 9. But the number that really jumps out at me, Horton Tucker has 7 and Juan Toscano Anderson in 25 minutes has 10. So all of a sudden, what, the Jazz are this defensive rebounding juggernaut. Which has been a big problem yeah, it has been, <laughs> at times. That's, that's a pretty cool number to see. To see one, two, three guys with double fi- figures and, and Clarkson just one rebound out of it. I mean, it was the, the Knicks game, right? Where we were talking about how in the fourth quarter the Jazz went seven consecutive minutes without grabbing a defensive rebound, which is just crazy. Tonight, not an issue. And Kelly Olynyk had uh, had double-digit rebounds at the half. In fact, he only had three rebounds in the second half, uh, 14 rebounds total to go along with his 28 points. But three Jazz players in double figures on the boards. Uh, Kessler had 14, and then Juan Toscano-Anderson had uh, 10 in just 25 minutes off the bench. And uh, you mentioned this, Coach. Uh, Juan Toscano-Anderson and Damian Jones both represented themselves extraordinarily well in their Jazz debuts. Uh, Toscano Anderson played 25 points or 25 minutes, had seven points and 10 rebounds. And then Damian Jones played just eight minutes, but had seven points uh, and two rebounds. And maybe the play of the night with that alley-oop from uh, Taylor Horton Tucker. Oh yeah. That was so, he reached back and got it. I mean, I kind of had to like sit up in my chair and I said, who, Jake, who, that's Jones. Wow. Um, He's big, big and athletic. Averaged eight points a game last year for Sac- Sacramento. Um, to me, looks like a guy that can move around. I'm excited to watch him. I would say after one night, give me more, please. I, t- I will take more. I'll have seconds. And it seems like uh, Juan Toscano-Anderson uh, certainly knows his way around the floor. I mean, looked very comfortable out there. I, I hate this cliche, but it seemed to make sense for him. Let the game come to him. Didn't look like he was too pressing, too much comfortable fitting in with a new team. Well coached, understands the game, and is not a ball magnet. You know, he, he understands he's out there not to be the, the show right now, and he did a great job, I thought, of just moving the ball when it made sense, attacking when it made sense. Um, he ends up with one assist, one turnover, but seven points and ten rebounds. I mean, there's a, there's a place for a guy like that that will get you that kind of production in 25 minutes on this team, right, the, the rest of this year. We'll see probably a lot of him. Oh, I would guess we'll see he, he and Damian Jones – uh, a lot. It'll be interesting to see Jones and Doak battle it out for those backup big minutes. Probably a little competition for Doak. He he, he finally sees the roster free up a little. All right. And now there's another guy who looks pretty good. Can we talk about Ochai's dunk? Oh, man, let's. I mean, Ben hit it on the head. Shades of Clyde Drexler in his prime. Hung up there. I mean, when he hung up there and his legs were almost kind of kicking, he was so high. But he does have, he tested a 42-inch vertical at the Combine. And we just haven't seen a ton of it. But what a game he had, right? Um, came in, made shots, really defended, was part of the game plan on jaw, and, um, you know, ends up with 17 against, a, you know, the second team in the West. A really, really good outing for Ochai. You know what? He's got all the physical stuff. You wonder how he made it to 14. I agree. Because he's got size. He's obviously an unbelievable athlete. He came into the league with a reputation as a shooter. We've seen him guard. 
And, uh, you know, it, it's another example of the draft picks got all the headlines when the Jazz made their big trades in the offseason. But back comes an all-star in Lowry, uh, obviously in the Donovan deal with Cleveland. Back comes a, a starter for a long time in this league, or at least it would look, in Walker Kessler. And back comes Ochai Obaji, who hasn't necessarily moved, to, even though he started tonight, hasn't moved into that starting role. But I'd bet on it. I don't know if you would, Coach, but looking what he's bringing to the table, I would bet he's a he's a starter in this league for a while, whether it's for the Jazz or somebody else. I'm sure Jazz fans hope it's for this club, but he looks like he has that potential to me. And then the little you know nugget that is THT, you know this afterthought that that is THT that all of a sudden, like I said, in five games has got seven assists per game. Um, he had seven assists and seven rebounds today at 15 points. So, I mean, we're like talking about a guy that's flirting with a triple double. In 32 minutes. And they got him for flipping Pat Bev, right? They got him for Pat Bev and a, and a can of tab. That's looking like a steal at the moment. Dude, I'm telling you, that kid can really play. Well, and his body type makes him a mismatch. Uh, he beat somebody of, of his size, and I'm, I'm not trying to be mean, but he's a bigger guy, right? Beat. What are you saying? I'm a bigger guy. Too. Beat Dylan Brooks off the, off the dribble in the fourth quarter. I mean, Dylan Brooks is, I mean, nobody likes him because he's kind of uh, got one of those personalities and he's a bit of a, a dirty player at times. But he's a good defensive player and has no problem usually staying in front of most players in the NBA. And THT went right by him, right by him. I mean, he's, he's very impressive. Let me remind you, the kid, he's 22 years old. And they got him for Pat Bev and a can of tab. Two cans, two cans, and an apple. And they had to search for tab. You can't just find that. No, anymore. you got to you got to special order that stuff anymore. But no, impressive. So fun, fun night. In even in a loss, I thought uh, the entertainment value. What looked it was going to be a dud, all of a sudden, up jumped the game. Back to Memphis we go, and Jazz head coach Will Hardy maintain composure, focus on controlling the things that we could control, the things that we needed to improve as the game went on, and we did that. And we ended up coming back, you know, getting into a three-point game. Um, obviously, it's hard to get over the hump when you start behind by 24. But sometimes in the NBA, the, the three ball can can lead to some big swings and leads. And um, just very proud of the way that our team stayed mentally engaged, uh, competed all the way through the game. Um, played really, really hard in a tough environment to play in on the road against a very good Memphis Grizzlies team. Um, you know, I thought we did a good job controlling the paint. We won the paint 58 to 48. Um, obviously, they they got hot from three early on, but I thought that as the game went on, we did a good job of maintaining, you know, our our defensive focus of protecting the paint and rebounding. Um, you know, credit to them. They made some big plays down the stretch, and we weren't able to convert on a couple late in the game. But um, that's the way it goes sometimes. But I thought that our execution w- was good. Um, I think that if our team plays with that competitiveness, and if they play that together for the rest of the year, um, you know, I think we and our fans will be very proud of this team. Yeah, what is it about these guys, this team, that has allowed you to believe that the games are never over? Yeah, I think, you know, that's their personalities. You know, we've talked a lot this year about everybody having a chip on their shoulder, um, having that collective chip on our shoulder. And, you know, I think their ability to maintain their competitiveness and at the same time they don't make excuses. Like they don't blame anybody else. They don't, 
point fingers. They don't cry and whine when things aren't going their way. They all take their responsibility when they're not playing great or when we're not playing great. Everybody just tends to look at what they can do better, and that's been a mantra of our team. Like we, we talk all the time about no keeping score. Like, oh, well, he did that, and I did it. Like, we're not doing that. It's, it's, that's very counterproductive and annoying. So um, everybody just, you know, myself included, we all just have to look at ourselves in those tough moments and go, okay, what's happening? What can we actually control? Are there things that we individually and we collectively can adjust? And, you know, we try to do that every night. And, you know, with that mindset comes the ability for everybody to just keep pushing and, keep that chip on our shoulder um there's no woe is me on this team when we have those tough moments and you know at this point what makes me believe is that i've seen it like 40 times already um it's not it's not shocking to me or any of you guys or our fans that have watched this team closely like what happened tonight is not shocking at all that the beginning of the game didn't necessarily go great but our team didn't quit um that's why we're in every game this year and I think that if we can maintain that approach every night, we're going to be really proud of this team. It's the first time that we got to see Juan and Damian on the floor. What did you like out of those guys tonight? I just thought that their competitiveness, their athleticism, their physicality really stood out tonight. I thought they helped change the tempo of the game. I thought Juan, you know, it's not just his – it's not just the physical things that he does. Like, he's an unbelievable communicator – especially on the defensive end of the floor. Um, you know, offensively, he knows how to play, making quick decisions. You know, he played in a system like that in Golden State for a long time where the ball moves around and everybody's involved in touching the ball. And it's about playing to your strengths and getting to the next action. I thought he was great. I thought that Damian came in and really gave us a burst athletically. Um, you know, we, we ran a lob play for him on the first play and it was there and just kind of mishandled the ball. Um but ended up having a couple nice finishes above the rim. Uh, defensively, you know, showed some ability to stay in front of the ball and alter shots at the rim. Um, you know, clearly a, a great athlete. And, you know, I think it was just a good a good night for those guys to get, get some minutes. Um, we needed it. All right, there you go. Jazz head coach Will Hardy and his post-game media availability. The Jazz fall to the Grizzlies tonight, 117-111. The final game before the All-Star break for All-Star weekend right here in Salt Lake City. Uh, with that, we will say good night to our network stations. Our next broadcast coming your way. It's going to be a while. Uh, the Jazz will be at home next Thursday, the 23rd, to take on the Oklahoma City Thunder. That game will tip off at 7 o'clock. For those of you sticking around with us, we've got more uh, sound for you. We'll continue to get coaches' thoughts on this one next. You're listening to Utah Jazz Basketball. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent. It was senseless. And I will never understand it. I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. 
I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. The final horn has sounded. That'll do it. And it's time for the Mark Miller Utah Jazz postgame show with your hosts, Jake Scott and the coach, Tim LaCoe. Jazz postgame, Jake Scott, coach Tim Lacombe. Postgame brought by Mark Miller Subaru and the My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Uh, share your Subaru story for a chance to win prizes. Learn more and share at markmillersubaru.com. Jazz followed at the Grizzlies tonight, 117 to 111, the final game before the NBA All-Star break and, of course, All-Star weekend right here in Salt Lake. Uh, The Jazz played tough in this one. Coach dug themselves out of a hole. They gave up 38 points to the Memphis Grizzlies in the first quarter, then didn't give up 30 in a quarter for the rest of the game, 25 in the second, 25 in the third, 29 in the fourth, and really battled their way back down by as many as 24 at one point, got it within one, uh, but just could not get over the hump there in clutch time. And we talked about how weird these games get when guys sit. And, uh, again, kind of was going according to form early. And then uh, this team said, no, we're going to we're gonna bore our neck and we're going to take care of the ball a little better and we're going to execute. But most importantly, like Will said, they just rely on each other. And they don't splinter. Um, I've been a part of groups that splinter, and it's so frustrating because, you know, you work so hard to get guys together, and then a moment, you know, happens out there. But it's a culture thing. I, I really do believe the, the culture of Will Hardy's kind of shining through. And these guys, regardless of who's out on the court, really battle. And you know what? He said that in his postgame comments. And I'm not sure he said that that clearly this season. We've he- heard him allude to something similarly. But he flat out said in his postgame comments that they play hard. That's why all these games are close. And that's why they're in every game is because they're going out there and laying it all on the line. And I know that a lot gets made about tanking and, and losing games and not necessarily wanting to win games. You know, I, I talk about all that stuff too, but this team is not going to go out and play to lose. They're, they're going to go out and play hard and play to win. And if I'm a, a first-year coach in Will Hardy, I would almost demand that, you know, and, and that you're able to establish your own culture and that it's going to be you're going to go out and, and play hard and pass. Yeah, I don't have to get to my second hand when I'm thinking about games where this team just kind of disappointed, um, you know, was disappointing from an effort standpoint or, or being locked in or trying to play together. There's, there's a few. But when you go through as many games as they have, we're, we're now 22 games left in the season. So that means we played 60. I'm good with math, see? Um, it's pretty crazy to say, uh, not even double figures or even close to it, that this team's gone out there and really kind of laid an egg. Yeah, there's only been, I mean, around the trade deadline, things yeah, got, a little, got a little weird. Yeah, and there was some tension on the club, and that was certainly noticeable on the floor. But outside of that, I mean, you look at the the way they started the season, a lot of it was they were just playing hard and the ball started bouncing their way and they would execute, you know, in the the final moments and they beat good teams, they beat good teams on the road. It's it's really amazing what, you know, a lot of effort and a lot of uh and good coaching, you know, can do for you. Like, uh, you know, I think a lot of the reason Memphis finished with the second best record in the league last year is they were a big time play hard team. 
they played hard every night. They still do, really. I shouldn't say like uh, like they do do anymore. But last year, I thought that was evident. Finished second in the West, well coached with Taylor Jenkins. I mean, that stuff goes a long way in the NBA regular season. It does, and it should um, mean something. It does to the Jazz. It does to Will Hardy, and and I've just been really impressed with that piece because that it's really hard to get a bunch of new guys on the same page the first time. Uh, then you you go through as many games as the Jazz did, and you have to kind of start with new guys. And still, that overwhelming theme is play hard and pass. Um, and I would say that then the credit at that point has to go to the coaching staff and the the, te- the guys that put the team together. All right, Jamil, prepare yourself. We're going to need you here in a second. Let's get to the Master of the Glass tonight, brought to you by Safe Light Auto Glass. Proud to present this year's Master of the Glass Rebound program. At the end of the regular season, Safe Light will donate $5 to a charitable organization for each rebound secured by this year's team rebound leader. And it's rule on the show when we have uh, a tie for Master of the Glass. Jamil, executive producer of Jazz Broadcast, uh, gets to break the tie and decide who is indeed our master of the glass tonight. We have Kelly Olenek and Walker Kessler, both with 14 rebounds apiece. Uh, Kessler had six offensive boards. Olenek had two, if that makes any difference to you, Jamil. But who is our master of the glass tonight? Kelly Olenek, your master of the glass, as selected by Jamil. I like it. Kelly was special tonight. It was it, it was Kelly's night. He was big. Really, you're good. You, you pick. You, you always go with the right call. You're a good judge. Twenty eight points, fourteen rebounds, six assists, and you know what? In the plus minus tonight, he was plus fifteen. And I mean, you look at uh, Jordan Clarkson was minus twenty. Sexton minus eight, although he only played four minutes. Obaji minus eight. Uh, Fontecchio minus ten. And uh, then you've got uh, Olenek at plus 15. And Taylor Horton-Tucker at plus 12. And uh, Damian Jones at plus 10 in just his eight minutes. You can tell who was on the floor when they made their run. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. (laughs) One of these, it's like that old Sesame Street bit. One of these is not like the other. You can pick out exactly what lineup was was making a difference tonight. And uh, certainly Olenek was part of that. As uh, as he was, he was really good. He was active, and he had six turnovers, and some of them were not good. I mean, there were some plays that you kind of, <laughs> kind of, what am I looking for here? Uh, kind of uh, uh, cringed well, a little bit, but I, I but tweeted, he was he I was involved. After one, I said, "Cue the Benny Hill soundtrack." Well, it was a little that way. It was that, right? Yeah. There was just a lot going on out there. But like you say all the time, you'd rather have to slow your players down than speed them up. I mean, if he's going to go out there and be that active and engaged in a game and play that well, maybe you could live with some, some foolishness, some Benny Hill moments. But but I'm, I can't drive this point home enough. I've said it twice. I'm going to say it third time to make sure everybody understands. When it's going poorly and you have a bunch of guys out there who are pros – I mean, you're getting embarrassed. That's what was happening. They were getting embarrassed. And they, instead of just getting blown out, they they stuck together. And it, like Will said, that's the, that's a theme of this team. So we hear about it all the time. But that, you know, that's something that we add to, like this culture that's being laid down. We add to the players and the picks and everything that else is developing in year one. All right. Uh, Post game is brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru and the My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Subaru owners are diverse and each has a unique story to share. Read some and share your own. MySubaruIs.com. Jazz fall to the Grizzlies tonight in Memphis, 117 to 111. We'll have more sound for you coming up next. You're listening to Utah Jazz Basketball. Ronnie Hook blocked it. The final box score is printed. 
Jake Scott and the coach Tim Lacombe are breaking down how it all happened on the Mark Miller Utah Jazz postgame show. Oh my! Jazz postgame, Jake Scott, coach Tim Lacombe, postgame brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, featuring the My Subaru Wiz campaign, real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Share your Subaru story for a chance to win prizes. Learn more and share at markmillersubaru.com. Jazz fall tonight to the Grizzlies, 117-111. to 111. We will get uh, back to Memphis and get you some postgame sound uh, from the players coming up here momentarily. But uh, Memphis, Coach, do you uh, see anything tonight that would change or alter your opinion on Memphis and uh, and their potential? Uh, you're as high on Memphis as I've heard most, uh, or at least uh, local pundits we've talked about around here. You, what did you see tonight out of the Grizz? Well, I saw a team that, like you said, that was a little bit disinterested. Um, and, you know, if it's, if it's internal issues, who knows? If it's, um, you know a team that's maybe like we saw with the Jazz, kind of just tired of being good. I don't know. It, it gets weird. Um, or if it was, hey, we're going all leaving on vacation and this game's kind of in the way and we're going to get through it. I don't know what to speak, but I do believe when the lights go on, they're a young enough team that can be physical. They can guard. Um, I like the addition of Luke Kennard, believe it or not, for the playoffs. I think he's going to be pretty good for them. Um, and then obviously what Bain does, the way he shoots the ball, I, I think they're going to be okay. I, I don't think they're going to win it by any stretch, but I, I don't, I certainly didn't get a ton of confidence watching them tonight. I like Kennard too. And you know what? Memphis, they didn't shoot the ball well tonight, uh, but they can shoot it. They've got, they've got shooters on this team and maybe, you know, jaw, uh, we were talking about this a little bit, you know, you want to keep jaw out shooting threes. I mean, that's if, if jaws, if it comes to, you know, your choice between him dunking on you and him taking a three, you'd certainly rather have him take a three. So maybe if you're Memphis, you need to surround him with some guys that can uh, space the floor a little bit and give him room to work because that's not Jaron Jackson. Uh, Well, I should say it's not Steven Adams. Jaron Jackson uh, tonight was actually pretty good from three with uh, four of 10. So uh, corrections and retractions, ignore that. He's, he's not bad, but you know, got a space around jaw and you're already having Steven Adams in the starting lineup. But what you know, what it comes down to, and you know this better than anybody. You've done this a lot longer than me. Um, when the playoffs, trunk, you know, it, it's what's your line? Who do you play? What's the matchup like? Um, you know, they could get somebody they really struggle with, and they could get a team that they do well against and get a ton of confidence. That's a team that can get a ton of confidence. So. Yep. I, I, I'm I'm as high as on them as anybody in the West. Really, I am. The West is so open. We've so talked open. about this a, a lot. I'm I'm not loving really anybody in the West. Honestly, everybody's got their flaws. And you look at the standings. I mean, it's probably no coincidence that everybody's so close. I mean, Denver's got a pretty comfortable lead. I would bet on the Nuggets holding on to the number one seed. And uh, what uh, Memphis is two and a half up in the number two spot, or at least they were going into the game. So now three, right? Yeah. I mean, that's pretty comfortable. But uh, then from there, it gets pretty darn uh, it gets pretty darn tight, Coach, as I bring this up. Uh, you've got Sacramento. Uh, let's see here. Sacramento, Phoenix, the Clippers, the Mavericks, the Pelicans, the Timberwolves, Golden State, Oklahoma City, and the Jazz within... Never do math on the air, coach. But basically, five games. Yeah, within yeah four and a half, five games. That's incredible. I mean, that's three through eleven, and actually twelve if you count Portland, because right now the Jazz are uh, in the Blazers' 
uh, are tied in the percentage category at 48.3%. And the Lakers, who most people expect to make the playoffs at the very least, are uh, two games behind the Blazers. Exactly. Do you think the Lakers get in? Well, I mean, LeBron not playing the last couple of games doesn't help, right? How are they doing tonight? Uh, uh, let me see. I got it in front of me. Uh, up eight in the uh, second. On the Pelicans, 53 to 45. So they need to win. I mean, they need to win tonight. They need to kick it into gear. They got a long way to go. They're, let's see, coach, what, uh, three games just out of the play-in spot? Two and a half. No, take it back three and a half games out of the playing spot. That's that's a long, you know, that's a long way to climb. With 20, what have they played? I guess, yeah, they could probably have 24, 25 games left. And I think, you know, Beasley, Vando, D'Angelo, Russell, I think that makes them better. But I don't know about that much better. Uh, we'll see. Interesting. Um, Dallas and Denver are playing right now. Denver scored 110, or has scored 110 with four minutes left in the fourth. Uh, but I did see Kyrie Irving decide to take the night off tonight. It's been a laborious week. Sore back. Sore back. All right, let's get back to Memphis and hear from Jordan Clarkson. JC, I know the result wasn't what you wanted, but how do you describe just like how resilient and awesome this competitive spirit of this group was tonight? Well, it's just amazing. You know, we early in the game just trying to figure each other out. Uh, a lot of guys, you know, playing in rotation, different, uh, different lineups and stuff like that. Uh, but like you said, we stuck with it. Uh, kept continuing to play the way we play. Uh, started getting stops towards the end and, you know, gave us a chance to win. You know, it's hard uh, in those games with, you know, as many turnovers we had and the points off the turnovers. But I think all in all, I think the effort was great. Uh, like I said, give us a chance to win. Um, we about a shot away from winning that game. You know, Colin goes out with the hamstring, and how do you guys regroup in that moment quickly? Because that's such a big piece of your ball handling, your defense. He was going to defend Jaw. How did you regroup so fast? Um, you know, it, like I said, it took us a little while just trying to figure it out. Uh, lineups, you know, I was even at the point at some of that, just kind of trying to figure the game out, work through the kinks, and, you know, get us into offense and different things. So, uh, you know, like I said, we stuck with it, just kept c- competing and playing hard. And that was the biggest thing for us. And, um, took it all the way to him. Last question. Two new teammates come in and just really have some incredible moments. Juan was great rebounding, and then Damian really showed his length and athleticism. How did you think those guys introduced themselves to the to the team? Uh, both of those guys played with hard energy. Um, you know, Juan's been around winning culture, winning teams. Uh, he knows how to play the right way, make the right plays, uh, play hard, def- defend, and, uh, you know, i seen uh, – BJ come in there uh, and do that with the Lakers in this short time of, you know, catching oops, being long, being a big body, uh, blocking shots, uh, being mobile. So uh, I'm glad those two got out, to, got a chance to get out there and, uh, you know, get some run in and uh, help us, you know, pull that game um, to, to a close end. All right, go enjoy the All-Star break. I appreciate it. All right, there is Jordan Clarkson, who will be per- uh, participating in the Skills Challenge uh, this uh, weekend here at Vivid Arena and All-Star festivities here in Salt Lake City. But uh, Jordan Clarkson tonight finished 8 of 21 from the field, 2 of 9 from 3, 20 points, 9 rebounds for Jordan and 6 assists. And, uh, you know, Coach, it feels like a theme talking about Jordan throughout the season. We've been talking about his assist numbers a lot. And, and it really stands out because last year, even Jordan himself – made a joke one night where I think he had four assists and he made a joke about having four assists in the post game because it just wasn't his game or his role. And it's been fun to watch him evolve this year. 
I love how you know he's he's evolved in that way. I think he's been a, as always a great teammate, but particularly with the younger guys, he's you know there's there's some patience required when you're playing with younger guys. And I think George he's been great. He's been absolutely great, and um, you know such a fun guy to follow and have here. And um, yeah, it'll be exciting. It'll be interesting to see if uh, if Collins able to do the the skills piece. If not, I'll have to get a sub. Uh, I think it's been cool that Jordan's been also the uh, kind of the face of the franchise from a marketing standpoint, um, you know, going through the rebrand and in the off season, you saw Jordan's uh, face on kind of all the promotional material. Cause it seemed like he was the one for sure going to be sticking around and man, what a, what a great representative of the franchise and a great per- a person to put out front in this type of uh, situation. I know he's the veteran on a rebuilding team, but he's a good vet to have with this group, I think. Yeah, really well respected. Um, has, like you said, evolved. You know, as a player here, but I think a solid person from the minute he got here. I think he's uh, he's been a crowd favorite, certainly a locker room favorite, and uh, love having Jordan Clarkson here in Utah. He's been a post game show favorite, yeah, and we love him too. He still might be my favorite interview on the team. Yep. All right, uh, the Jazz fall tonight in Memphis to the Grizzlies. 117 and 111. Post game is brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru and the My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Subaru owners are diverse and each has a unique story to share. Read some, share your own. MySubaruIs.com. We'll have more next. You're listening to Utah Jazz Basketball. Wow! The outcome is in the books. Now, let's get to the reaction. Hear from the coaches, the players, as well as the coach, Tim Lacombe. It's the Mark Miller Utah Jazz Postgame Show. Here's Jake Scott. Jazz Postgame, Jake Scott, Coach Tim Lacombe. Postgame is brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru and the My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Share your Subaru story for a chance to win prizes. Learn more and share at markmillersubaru.com. Uh, quickly, Coach, let's get to the Chick-fil-A foul shot review of the game. Download a whole new way to Chick-fil-A, earn rewards with the Chick-fil-A One app as the Jazz fall tonight, 117 to 111 in the Grizzlies. Tonight, the Jazz from the line, Coach, were 15 of 19, 79%. The Grizzlies were not very great, 68%, but they shot 25 free throws, 17 of uh, of 25. Again, the Grizzlies should have just creamed the Jazz tonight. It's amazing they didn't. I mean, credit to the Jazz for for playing hard and sticking with it because it seems like you look at this box and everything is skewing toward a a grizzly dominant victory, and it was not that. We have a leak in the boat. That's what it felt like all game long, but they just kept bailing the water out. Um, But it does seem like a uh, statistical anomaly to me that all those different things went wrong and went really wrong, 40 40 points on turnovers, but – it, it speaks to how good they must have been in the you know in the middle of all that, and and that's certainly encouraging. Absolutely, and now the Jazz can uh, go into the All Star break, coach. It seems like the last I don't know few weeks with the trade deadline and uh, just kind of the, the obviously the changes to the roster and saying goodbye to Mike Conley was emotional and difficult, and it seems like this team is. Uh, is coming to the All-Star break. They probably could use a little bit of a break, honestly. And the fact that uh, so many guys are participating and that the All-Star weekend is here in, in Utah, uh, I'm sure I'm sure players are excited. Uh, you know, excited probably is a good word for it, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. To have to have it right here. And the guys that want to take part in it, take part in it. And the guys that want to get away. Um, but just to have the break. I honestly believe that. I mean, I know how it's going to feel for us. 
Uh, and we're not running up and down the floor dragging lame beer around. Um, so, yeah. Dragging uh, Walton and, uh, and what it, was it Lanier? Lanier. Lanier. Bob Lanier. Bob Lanier up and down. The, you tell your dad. <laughs> Honestly, one of the great cameos in, uh, in all of cinema. The great uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. In Airplane. I, I bring played. up these clips to get Jake to laugh from time to time. Are Are you excited about this weekend? I'm I'm really. Are excited. you into it? You know, I'll be into it. I, I'm excited for the jazz and for the, for the state, the city to get the exposure, and um, you know, have the opportunity. It's it doesn't happen often, and what from the looks of it, you know, the we've kind of been able to see the development over the last couple of days. This place is transformed inside. I mean the. The lights and the stage, um, the the way that the the building feels from the outside, it seems, yeah, it's ready for an all star game. It's going to be so cool. And if you look, um, quick plug for uh, for kslsports dot com, they've uh, got a full breakdown of, you know, all the the weekend's activities and and what you can do. And I truly believe there's there's a little something. Uh, for everybody, if you're looking for uh, for something to do, but it, it is it is going to be so cool to have this game in town and have it here. And like you said, coach, you can already feel the the transition. And and we talked about this. Coach Hardy talked about this. Gave us a breakdown. There's going to be jazz players, and and not only that, we were just talking about it during the break. There's going to be local faces, familiar faces, participating all weekend long. Yeah, I was just looking at. So obviously, a ton of, of events. Um, some more expensive than others, but if you just want to get in here and kind of see the court and everything, get a feel for the place, the uh, the Friday night celebrity game, you can get in for like twenty bucks. The celebrity game might be. Oh, I'm sorry, that's at, at the, the Huntsman, Huntsman Center. But yeah, but you can still get in for twenty bucks. The practices as well are at the Huntsman Center. If you can get into those, it'd be pretty cool to see an All Star practice. Yep, uh, the Rising Stars game is going to be fun. I mean, a bunch of the the best. I guess that's the game Walker's playing in, yep. um, alongside you know great players. So a ton of a ton of talent there, and then a pitch for Sunday at one o'clock. Sunday at one o'clock at the Huntsman Center is the G League Next Up game, and we have three Utahns playing in it. So Scoot Henderson drafted one team. In fact, you want to go see Scoot because you know we hear all about him with uh, with Wimbayama. But he and Luca drafted teams, Luca Garza, and there's three guys with ties to Utah. My guy Frank Jackson, uh, out of Alpine Lone Peak High School, went to was committed to BYU for a minute, and then commit and then went out to Duke. Um, Eric Mika and playing for the Stars, by the way, Frank. Oh, and in playing yeah, for the Stars, correct. Um, Eric Mika, all right, your guy. Yeah, played for us at BYU. Went in uh, and is now playing with G League Ignite with Scoot Henderson. Uh, and then uh, Nimi Keita, the uh, the great Utah State Aggie who was up there for the glory years of Craig Smith, right? Just, Man, they were some they good were ones. Good. Yeah, they and were Sam some Merrill, good years. Yep, good players. So, uh, and he's with the Kings uh, as a two way guy. So lots of stuff to see. The you know, of course, the the dunk contest. Lowry's going to be in the uh, the shootout. Uh, Jordan Clarkson and Colin Sexton, as you mentioned, and we're knocking on wood for Colin. He left, if you're just joining us, he left in the first quarter tonight with a hamstring injury, and it's the other hamstring than the one he's been dealing with this year, so that's not great. But you keep your fingers crossed for him that he can participate, but he and Jordan are going to be doing that. And, you know, Will Hardy talked uh, before the game about how he's coming to town. He's not going on vacation. He's coming in to to support his guys and be kind of a host 
in a sense. And man, it's uh, it's exciting. It's gonna be it's gonna be something. Yeah, it's like you've said a couple times uh, over the last couple nights the the eyes of the basketball world, and particularly that follow the NBA, will be right here on our fair city. So, like you said, I hope the uh, I hope it's I hope it goes great. Hope everything goes well, and um, that everybody enjoys their time in what the city that we certainly love. And we were talking about this on uh, on Monday night. I like it that it's been a little windy. Let's let's keep the the yeah. air clear. Let's it keep the nice. the valley clear. It looks great out there. Yeah, but as everybody's coming in, we don't want it to be a a smoggy mess. So I'm glad it 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 snowed a little bit, and I'm glad the wind blew a little bit. And uh, let's hope everything sets up nice for a really really successful weekend. Yes, and and honestly, so cool for the Millers. Um, so cool for the the Smiths uh, and everybody involved to have have this here. All right, uh, post game is brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru and the My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Subaru owners are diverse, and each has a unique story to share. Read some and share your own. MySubaruIs dot com. Jazz fall to the Grizzlies tonight, one seventeen to one eleven. We wrap things up coming up next. Stay tuned. You're listening to Utah Jazz basketball. Running up, blocked it. The final box score is printed. Jake Scott and the coach Tim Lacombe are breaking down how it all happened on the Mark Miller Utah Jazz postgame show. Oh my! They're 27th in the NBA in fourth quarters. They have the worst fourth quarter offense in the entire NBA. Here's Bain driving at Kessler, blocked by Walker, picked up by Clarkson, pushed ahead to Abaji, has a step and packed it on jaw! Holy smokes, reversal of rolls! Oh my goodness. One point oh, game. What a dunk. John Morant's on a poster and it's not by his sponsor. There's the play of the game right there. I told you this, coach, when it happened, it looked like John was making a business decision. Getting out of the way. And that is a, a very nice way to put that. <laughs> but play of the game brought to you by Larry H. Miller Dealerships for service sales and selection, lhmauto.com, driven by you. Jazz post game. Jake Scott, Coach Tim Lacombe. Uh, Jazz fall to the Grizzlies, 117 to 111. Post game is brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru and the My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Share your Subaru story for a chance to win prizes. Learn more and share markmillersubaru.com. What a dunk! What a dunk. That was so nice. Boy, is he athletic. Very athletic. Um, you know, we've seen just a little bit of his game. He's he's learning on the fly. Everything's moving around. But, uh, you know, we, we've seen some some of him attacking some closeouts, but that was by far the most we've seen of his his vertical. Yeah, he he. I think he's going to be a player. He's good. He's fun to watch. This is a – we've been talking about this uh, all year too, Coach, and, and not to be too redundant, but this is a fun group to watch. The record is not going to be the same or as good as it has been over the past few years, but it's fun. I mean, I, I've always thought that the jazz fans have kind of blue collar type demands out of their teams, you know, watching John and Carl for years and years and years, never missed games, consistently played hard every single game. I mean, it was, it was, you know, Jerry Sloan, John and Carl, that triumvirate were just, you know, I think kind of uh, instilled values into the fan base of kind of what to expect and what they enjoy watching. And I, from that standpoint over that, that lens, I really enjoy watching this team play. They lay it out there. They had every excuse. It's the last game before the all-star break. They had every excuse to say, you know what? Down 24. We're good. Cancun on three. 
You know, got vacation coming, getting a flight out, whatever. You know, coming back and getting ready for all-star festivities. I mean, it would have been easy to be distracted. It would have been easy to mail it in at the end of the game. And they, the, this team just doesn't do that. Yeah, we've said that very thing 15, 20 times. Yep. I swear at least. So, so yeah, it, it's that's such a great compliment. You can't say anything more to somebody than, hey, you are – your effort is elite, you know, because certainly not everything's going to go well. You're not going to make every shot. Uh, you're not going to get every stop. But the reason the Jazz were in that game, Coach Hardy gave us the answers to that test, is because, in you know, we see the, the 40 points scored off of those 23 turnovers. But, man, how tough must they be possession in and possession out in the guts of a game to overcome all that? So uh, really resilient, really cool. Um, you know, we've talked about the the picks. We've talked to, that the Jazz received when they did this rebuild. We've talked about uh, certainly the the players that came back and how big those guys were in all of this. Um, but the, this piece, this Will Hardy piece, is really interesting because I think what we are seeing is a a culture that thrives under his leadership. Um, and you know, they don't seem browbeat. They don't seem intimidated they seem like they go out there and play their tail off to win the game every night regardless of who they're playing and to your point that that should fit his his philosophy and the way he's coaching this team should fit for here forever yeah you would think so it seems like a good fit doesn't it yeah with uh you know with franchise fan base coach and now some of these players that look like they're going to be around for a little while. I mean, even the new guys tonight, uh, Coach, we talked about them a little bit earlier in the show. But uh, you look at the the new guys in Damian Jones and Juan Toscano-Anderson. They were both fun to watch tonight. Tos- uh, Juan Toscano-Anderson had 10 rebounds in 25 minutes. He had seven points as well, but 10 boards. And then uh, Damian Jones in just eight minutes had seven points, two rebounds, and uh, I don't know. You want to have a debate what the better dunk of the night was, Damian Jones or Ochai Obaji? Man, it'd that, be that a fun debate to have. Pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> there wasn't a lot of space there. No. Yeah. Uh, they were both great. But I agree with you. And I think, this, you know, small sample size. But one thing we do know about this this organization, you have to believe that these guys know talent because the, the teams, the guys they brought in, um, you know, and some of it's been fortunate, you know, getting a Walker Kessler. But again getting a walker kessler and and he's as good as he is so i think the the ability to kind of a understand the talent you need and then develop it is really strong if you're just joining us just a little review of the box score uh jazz fall tonight 117 to 111 kelly olenic led the way with 28 points tonight 28 and 14 for Kelly Olynyk, uh, he also had six assists. Did have six turnovers, but we'll gloss over that. Uh, Jordan Clarkson had twenty tonight on eight of twenty-one shooting, two of nine from three. He had nine boards and six assists. Uh, Ochai Obaji had seventeen points on seven of twelve shooting. Walker Kessler with another uh, double double, ten points, fourteen rebounds. He also had three block shots. And how about Taylor Horton Tucker? Fifteen points, seven assists coming in off the bench. Didn't shoot the ball well. Five of fifteen. Two of five from three, but was instrumental in the fourth quarter comeback. And you said uh, since the All Star or since the uh, trade deadline, he's had thirty five assists. Thirty five and five. Wow. So he's averaging thirteen and a half points um, and seven assists a game. Pretty good. Pretty good. As far as Memphis goes, Jaron Jackson had twenty six tonight. Uh, Desmond Bain had twenty four. John Morant, uh, a quiet night for John Morant. Twenty points. On uh, just eight of twenty-six shooting, he had nine assists and uh, eight boards. Uh, and then Aldama 
had 10 points coming off the bench for the Grizzlies, who uh, really you know, didn't shoot the ball well, only shot the ball 40% uh, from the floor. And had they shot, I mean, kind of well, probably would have won this game going away. But the Jazz defensive rebound well, played hard, and kept it close. Yep, they did. Um, it's been the, the theme of the year. Regardless of who's out there tonight, no Lowry, who is getting ready for the All-Star game and was nursing a knee. Is that what it was? Yeah, sore yeah. knee. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, again, really exciting game, one that was I thought we were going to sleep through, and then all of a sudden, you know, it clicked, and the Jazz got that thing down to three, two different times. Um, you know, and the, the unfortunate thing, THC had seven assists, only three turnovers, but that last one was tough. No, that last one was tough. But he had to have been fatigued, too. He'd played a lot of minutes. And it's hard when it comes down to to just one play in the clutch. And Taylor Horton Tucker, you know, probably hasn't closed a ton of NBA games in his career. And you know, we've seen uh, Jordan Clarkson, for example, have some growing pains in the clutch because he hasn't closed a ton of games in his career. And you've talked about it a lot. That's going to be where they miss Mike Conley the most. Yep, and they'll work their way through it. Um, it's not going to be beautiful all the time, but they'll work their way through it. And uh, tonight, really at a disadvantage with Sexton out as early as he was. All right, the Jazz fall tonight to the Grizzlies in Memphis. Uh, Coach, let's get a a few final thoughts from you on this before we head off into the All-Star break. Well, we used to call it the first half. Thank goodness we're well past that. Um, We are 60 games through, and um, I thought tonight was indicative of what we watched all year long. Um, A team that if they wanted to tonight, they could have mailed it in, and everybody would have, nobody would batted an eyebrow about it. It was well on its way to getting there, and they flipped the script, as they have so often. So uh, just really exciting and fun to watch, exciting to see some of these pieces develop. Was really, really impressed with THT. His one-handed massive dunk and foul uh, over Jackson. Dude does some things nightly that you don't see a lot of guys doing in the NBA yeah. at his, that are in his pay grade. So. You know, again, just really exciting to see some of the things that are developing. Want to say a big thanks to everybody who helped with the broadcast tonight. Of course, Locke and Boone appreciate their work as always. Uh, want to say thanks to our broadcast assistants tonight. Want to say thanks to uh, Mike Smith who joined us in the pregame show. Thanks to Jamil Hawkins, executive producer of the Jazz broadcast. Jamil, enjoy your your All Star break, my friend. You. Uh, you deserve it. Uh, I want to say thanks to Mark Miller Subaru, the title sponsor of the postgame show. I, By the way, I not only say that uh, about Jamil because he's done a great job all year and it really is a grind, but he had a particularly <laughs> difficult one tonight thanks to some uh, technical issues. So nobody is going to enjoy their all-star break quite like our guy Jamil. So we appreciate you. Uh, like I mentioned, Mark Miller Subaru and the My Subaru is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Subaru owners are diverse and each has a unique story to share. Read some and share your own at mysubaruis.com. Yeah, you tried doing uh, producing a radio show where you have no contact with your play-by-play See, guy. See, communication is <laughs> important, right, Jamil? You have to talk. It is important. Yeah. Imagine trying to do the job where you can't communicate. Not good. What a dumb thing. I mean, you know what? The broadcast sounded great, Jamil. So credit to you because that's kind of a problem. And and he's still, you know, I'll the show you, must go on. You know what I mean? I'll tell you what. Those pigeons were exhausted coming from Memphis. Because he was sending them out <laughs> like 3 o'clock this afternoon. And they were hoofing oh, it back here. man. Lock and tape something to the, yeah. It, oh, we had it going man. on. Uh, and Coach Combe, thank you, my friend. Enjoy enjoy a few days. Enjoy All-Star Weekend. Well, you too. Enjoy your family, man. As good a dad as as I know, 
the little FaceTimes every night that I get to see. Enjoy those kids, man. You're oh, have a blast. I tell you what, I sure will. Uh, Jazz lose to the Grizzlies tonight, 117 to 111. All Star break is here. Of course, All Star weekend in Salt Lake. It means our next official broadcast is not coming your way until next Thursday. The Jazz will take on the Oklahoma City Thunder at Vivid Arena on Thursday, February the 23rd. That game will tip off at 7 o'clock. Pre-game coverage begins at 6. You've been listening to Utah Jazz Basketball. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent. It was senseless and I will never understand it I will never accept it I'm Amy Donaldson and unfortunately we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives but what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt in a new podcast The Letter we relive tragedy but only so we can hear the rest of the story the struggle to reclaim lives the realities of grief and the possibilities of forgiveness I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.